How are y'all this morning? Awesome. Awesome. Today's service is a little different than normal. Today is International Day of Prayer. And as being part of International Day of Prayer, the Voice of the Martyrs has uh, put together a lot of resources um, that I'm going to share with y'all today. Uh, if you've noticed, my attire is a little different than normal. Uh, my shirt, yes, it does say smuggler. Um, you did read that right. But what you can't see from that far away is this side of the M says Bible. You got to be low key when you're smuggling Bibles. Uh, got to slip under the radar. Um, the purchase of this shirt is produced by Voice of the Martyrs, who, which is what our service is about today. Uh, with every one of these purchases, you do smuggle a Bible into restricted um, countries and restrict, restricted areas where Bibles are not allowed. People do put, Christians are putting their lives on the line every day to smuggle God's word into places where they will be killed if they get caught. Um, and so I don't know, I've never been overseas, but I did buy this shirt. So I guess I have officially smuggled Bibles, um, at least one, um, and, and proud of it. So uh, you can buy these shirts at Lifeway. You can go online, purchase them from uh, Voice of the Martyrs. Um, well, they may send you to Lifeway, but that's, that's who I know sells on this Lifeway. And uh, you can smuggle at least a Bible into uh, dangerous, restricted zones through that purchase. <coughs> You'll notice our, uh, the picture up there to, uh, right now is um, Voice of the Martyrs 2019 International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. I hope you grabbed a bulletin on the way in. On the back of the bulletin is our scriptures for today, but also two websites, persecution.com, which, which is the website of the Voice of the Martyrs, and um, icommittotopray.com, which is also one of their websites that you can sign up, create an account, and commit to pray for um, Christians uh, who are in dangerous territory, who are being persecuted because of their faith. They can go, they tell their stories. They post one every Friday of an, of an actual Christian in, dangerous, in a dangerous area. And you can post prayers for them online and they can read those prayers online. Um, so those two websites are on the back of your bulletin. Also inside your bulletin is an, an insert of I Commit to Pray. And on the back of that insert is 10 specific ways that you can pray for persecuted Christians around the world. And we will, we will get to this in, in just a few minutes. <clears throat> but we are journeying through the Bible, and we are journeying through Acts. And so as we go through Acts, we've, we've, we've gotten to chapter 1 and chapter 2, and so now because it, it just so happens to coincide, International Day of Prayer, uh, chapters 3 and 4 are specifically about this, and I wanted to just just touch on the scripture in Acts as we're going through the, our, the scriptures this year um, and look at a few passages that have to do with the early church and prayer. Starting in ver Acts chapter 3, verse 1, says, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple for the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now Acts chapter 3 tells the story of Peter and John, two of the apostles of Jesus. They go into the temple and they heal a man that was born lame. He could not walk. And so they, they, they heal him. He was lame from birth. The man began walking, leaping, and praising God. 
And so many people who recognized the man were filled with awe and astonishment at what had happened. So Peter then addressed the growing crowd that was growing because he had healed a, a, a man that was lame from birth. He addressed the crowd and shared the gospel with them. He pointed them to Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins through faith in his name. But then things went south. When you jump to chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, says, While they were speaking to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple police, and the Sadducees confronted them because they were annoyed that they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. So they seized them and took them into custody until the next day, since it was already evening. But many of those who heard the message believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. So the, the religious leaders, the Sadducees, were annoyed that they were preaching the name of Jesus, so they arrested them. <clears throat> then the Sanhedrin interrogated them and threatened them not to speak in the name of Jesus anymore. Jump to verse 17. But so that this does not spread any further among the people, let's threaten them again against speaking to anyone in this name again. So they called them and ordered them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than to God, you decide. For we are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. So after this, they went back to their loved ones who had been praying for them. And when they returned safely, everyone prayed to God And what do you think they prayed? Their loved ones had just been arrested, had been interrogated. They knew what they could do because they had just, the same Sanhedrin had just crucified Jesus. So now they're preaching the name of Jesus. They're now arrested by the Sanhedrin. And when they're released and come home, they pray. This is how they end their prayer. Acts 4, 29 to 31. And now, Lord, consider their threats. And grant that your servants may speak your word with all boldness. What would we have prayed? Father, protect us. Father, keep us safe. Father, don't allow them to persecute us. But the early church did not pray to not be persecuted. Jesus taught them that they would be. They went on. While you stretch out your hand... For healing and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly. They received the Holy Spirit. And what did they receive the power of the Holy Spirit to do? To share the word boldly. That is what the Holy Spirit power. We talked about that last week, the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what the Holy Spirit's power does. Enables you not to conquer the Sanhedrin, not to go fight against the Romans, but to share the word boldly in face of knowing persecution. Paul said to the Ephesian church in Ephesians 6, 19 and 20, pray also for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. Paul said, pray for me that I may be bold in sharing the gospel. Paul. Y'all know which Paul I'm talking about. The one that was stoned, shipwrecked three times, 
flogged however many times, beat. He said, pray that I would be bold enough to share the gospel. For this, I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough to speak about it as I should. A.K.A. Pray that God will give me the courage I need so that when I'm afraid to share the gospel as I know I should, that I will do it anyways. Paul said this. <clears throat> Again, he said to the Colossian church, Colossians 2, 4, 2 through 4, devote yourselves to prayer Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door to us for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains so that I may make it known as I should. He prayed. He asked the church to pray for his boldness as he went out and shared the gospel. Why? Because he's been out to share the gospel. That's why. He knows what happens. People want to kill him. So what do you have to have if you know people are going to try to kill you? You have to have courage. And that's what we have to pray for, for our brothers and sisters all around this globe. Because we wake up every day and we're not afraid someone's going to kill us because of our faith. But we have brothers and sisters in Christ all around the world today who are afraid they are going to die when they share the gospel. So we must pray, of course pray for protection, but more than protection, what supersedes protection is pray for their boldness. Pray for their boldness to share the gospel even if it kills them. <clears throat> Paul found himself before kings. Think of how difficult it must have been to muster up enough courage to share the gospel with a king the way you should, to tell them that they themselves must submit themselves to another king, Jesus that they are not the ultimate authority, that they themselves will have to answer to another king. Kings didn't want to hear that. And if you're sharing the gospel like you should, like Paul said, pray that I have the courage to share the gospel like I should, then you're going to have to tell them that. Paul spoke before King Agrippa. It says this, as he was saying these things in his defense, Festus, Agri Festus Agrippa exclaimed in a loud voice, you're out of your mind, Paul. Too much studying is driving you mad. But Paul replied, I'm not out of my mind, most excellent Festus. On the contrary, I'm speaking words of truth and good judgment. For the king knows about these matters, and I can speak boldly to him. For I am convinced that none of these things has escaped his notice since this was not done in a quarter, corner. He is speaking boldly to a king who has the authority to kill him. Paul did this, but he only did it through the power of the Holy Spirit that he asked the church to pray that he would have. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you believe. Agrippa said to Paul, are you going to persuade me to become a Christian so easily? I wish before God, replied Paul, that whether easily or with difficulty, not only you, but all who listen to me today might become as I am, except for these chains. The king, the governor, Bernice, and those sitting with them got up, and when they had left, they talked with each other and said, this man is not doing anything to deserve death or imprisonment. Agrippa said to Festus, this man could have been released if he had not appealed to Caesar. So where is Paul eventually going to end up? 
before Caesar. We read more about Paul after he leaves Agrippa, but we never read about Paul after he encounters Caesar. How do you think that went? Don't you know Paul was praying, give me the boldness to finish well. Give me the courage and strength to finish well. Because I know just like my Savior who died, and I know just like the other apostles who have died, and Stephen who died, I know I'm going to die. Prophets told him, prophets in the New Testament prophets came up to him and said, "Where you know, you're being bound up and you won't be released. And this is going to end in your death and we're not going to see you again. Paul knew he was going to his death. <clears throat> John the Baptist, Mark 6, 27 and 29, the king immediately sent for an executioner and commanded him to bring John's head. So he went and beheaded him in prison brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. Then the girl gave it to her mother. When John's disciples heard about it, they came and removed his corpse and placed it in a tomb. You did not preach the message of Jesus as the Messiah without risking and facing and experiencing for many death. Jesus was the first to proclaim Jesus. As, I mean, John the Baptist was the first to proclaim Jesus as the Messiah, and he's the first one we see with his head cut off. Stephen, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and skip through here, but you know Stephen's story. While, I'll skip, to, um, skip on down. While they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And after saying this, he died. Stephen was killed for proclaiming Jesus as the Messiah. The apostles Remember, who were Jesus' three closest apostles? Peter, James, and John. James and John were brothers. Acts 12, 1 through 3. About that time, King Herod violently attacked some who belonged to the church, and he executed James, John's brother, with the sword. Acts chapter 12. James, dead. Jesus, dead. James, dead. Stephen, dead. John the Baptist, dead. And what did they pray for? Boldness. When King Herod saw that it pleased the Jews, this was the culture they were living in. This is the atmosphere they were living in. Their death pleased the people who were in charge at the time. When he saw that it pleased the Jews... He proceeded to arrest Peter, too, during the Festival of Unleavened Bread. Peter had many times where they tried to kill him. Paul, also, Paul. When it was morning, the Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves under a curse not to eat or drink until they had killed Paul. How would you, know, how would you like to know, you wake up in the morning, you know that there's a group of men who have bound themselves under a curse on themselves that they will die if they don't kill you. That's why he asked for church to pray for boldness. Acts 14, 19, 
Acts 14, 19, some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and when they had won over the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, thinking he was dead. You could, in essence, say they killed Paul. You know, stoning was a death sentence. They didn't stone people as a punishment, as a beating. They stoned people only to kill them. And every time they stoned someone, guess what happened? They died. Every time. Why? Because if they weren't dead, they didn't stop throwing stones. They thought they killed Paul. And I'm honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, can't quite, I can't quite say. I guess he didn't die. But if he did, Jesus could have rose him back to life. It wouldn't have made no difference. Either way, Jesus wasn't done with him. I didn't put the next verse in here, but you know what happened? His disciples, oh well, no, I didn't put it in here. His disciples came around him, got him, and Paul went back into town. That's boldness. He went back into town to spend the night. If I had just been drug out of town and stone, stoned to death, I don't know that I'd have the boldness to go back into town. I'd say, let's sleep, let's sleep out here in, in, the, in the garden tonight. <laughs> let's go out here where there are none of those people who just stoned me. Let's go over here. He went back into town. That's boldness. And of course, Jesus, Mark 15, 15, wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. And after having Jesus flogged, he handed him over to be crucified. And so Jesus warned us. I'm going to try to run real quick because I got a video I want to show y'all. Jesus warned us to expect the same thing. John 16, 1 and 2, he said, I, Jesus said, I have told you these things to keep you from stumbling. They will ban you from the synagogues. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he's offering a service to God. Does that sound familiar today? Are there groups of people who think that by killing Christians, they are offering a service to God? This is our, our most recent Voice of the Martyrs magazine. If you go to that website, you can, you can go online, give them your information, and they will send you this magazine. I think it's every other month for free. This is not, you don't have to pay for this. They, they do this through donations of donors. You get a magazine every other month to tell you about real Christians around the world who are being persecuted all the time. This episode is about Islamic extremists. As soon as you open the page, you see the picture right here of all the guys on the beach with a knife in their hand who cut off all the Christians' heads. And they think they are rendering a service to Allah. Jesus warned his earliest disciples about this. <clears throat> Recently, we talked about how Jesus, through the parable of the soils, told, said that his disciples must be willing to suffer and willing to turn from sin, right? He expanded on, on this. Luke 9, 23 to 26. He said, then he said to them all, if anyone wants to follow after me, who wants to follow after Jesus? I do. If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me will save it. For what does it benefit someone if he gains the whole world and yet loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory 
and that of the Father and the holy angels. Matthew 10.33 says it again, But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. This is what he taught his earliest followers who were facing death. If you deny me, I will deny you before God. So what did the earliest followers and us today need? Boldness. We need courage. We need strength that only the Holy Spirit can give. He warns us, Matthew 24, 9 through 13, then they will hand you over to be persecuted and they will kill you. You will be hated by all nations because of my name. Then many will fall away, betray one another, and hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many because lawlessness will multiply. The love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. This is what Jesus taught. The one who endures to the end will be saved. The one who faces persecution and dies for me will save his life. But the one who is not willing to suffer for me is not my disciple. And if he denies me, I will deny him. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. This is what Jesus taught. And we feel so foreign from this because we don't experience any of this. This is what our brothers and sisters who live in Sri Lanka and, and, and live in these different places, this is what they have to hold on to. They hold on to God's words. They read his word. They read what Jesus said and they hold on to it and they pray for boldness. And it's amazing to see how much joy they have when you and I from America would sit and think, I would be devastated. I'd be a complete loss. I would not be able to recover. And we wake up and I've got like 50 of these in my house. It's unreal how many Bibles I own. And this was this just happened. I mean, these are people, these stories are people who are dying and being tortured and being beat and watching their families get killed because of the name of Jesus, because they preach forgiveness through the name of Jesus, because they preach that a God loves you. That's why they're being killed. Luke says, 21, 16, and 19, you will even be betrayed by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. They will kill some of you. Jesus, Jesus told us this. Your family will kill you. You will be hated by everyone because of my name, but not a hair on your head will be lost. By your endurance, gain your lives. Which means what? Don't give up. Don't forsake him. Even if it costs you your life. Jesus said not to fear people, but instead to fear God. <laughs> Luke 12, 4 and 5, he said, I say to you, my friends, don't fear those who kill the body and after that can do nothing more. But I, but I will show you the one to fear. Fear him who has authority to throw people into hell after death. Yes, I say to you. This is the one to fear. 
Jesus said, do not be afraid of people. They can do nothing to you except kill you. If you're going to fear anybody, fear God. I want to show you a video of... um, I've been talking about Islamic extremists, but I want to show you a video about North Korea. You've heard me talk about Kim Jong-un. You've heard me talk about the Kim dynasty in North Korea and how they believe that the Kim family is deity, that they are gods. They believe this. The truth is, how many truly believe it? You can't know. You can't know. Because to disagree with it or to speak the name of God is a death sentence for you and all your relatives. It's a scary place, North Korea. But the word is there. There are Christians there. And we must pray for them. And of course, that is a true story. That's that's just one. That's just one story. There are millions of Christians who face persecution. There are thousands who are being killed on a regular basis. And for those people, Pastor Han, and for those who are in North Korea who have Bibles, who are willing to share with their friends, risking not only their life, but their families' lives, their, their spouses' lives, their children's lives, they feel it's worth it. Because Jesus gave to us what nobody can take away. Eternity with him, with none of this. And none of this Torture, persecution, none of it is worth trading in eternity with God. None of it. But whereas we will probably never find ourselves in these situations, there are so many who do. And we must, must, must pray for them. God wants us to pray for them. We must pray for them. wrap up real quick the first request of persecuted Christians is pray for us that's the number one request of those who are under voice of the martyrs who are being persecuted their number one request is to pray for us we should pray for Christians around the world who are imprisoned for their faith to pray that God will strengthen, protect, and encourage them. Pray for God's protection of pastors and evangelists who share the gospel in restricted and hostile nations. Hostile nations is a nation in which the government tries to protect Christians, but they are under constant face of danger. A restricted nation is which the government prevents and persecutes Christians. And that would be the difference between a restricted and a hostile. Restricted, the government says, you're not allowed here. Hostile says, you're allowed here, but you're going to be persecuted here. 
to pray for the provision and encouragement of Christians whose family members were killed for living out their faith in Christ. And those are some of the most heart-wrenching stories that I read in this magazine is when they talk about their family members, their kids being killed and murdered by these different groups. Boko Haram is just committing awful atrocities on Christians. It really breaks your heart. Pray for government officials in hostile and restricted nations will come to know Jesus Christ and follow his will for their lives. This This is crucial to seeing a change, that the government officials will become Christian. We saw it happen with Rome, where Rome and Emperor Nero was lighting Christians on fire and using them as torches around the city of Rome. But then the emperor himself became Christian, and everything changed for those Christians living in in, in, in Rome. And so this is something we want to pray for. We've seen it happen before. We want to see it happen again. To pray for Christian converts from Islam who must decide when and how to tell family and friends that they are now followers of Jesus. Probably the one that uh, faces some of the, the most abuse of becoming Christian. Pray for radio, television, and internet ministries that broadcast God's word into restricted nations. To pray for the provision and safe delivery of Bibles to believers in hostile and restricted nations. To pray that persecuted Christians will boldly witness for him, even to their persecutors. And to pray that Christians in free nations will choose to stand with our persecuted brothers and sisters. And so you have on your bulletin an insert that lists on the back 10 ways to pray as well. You can take that home and pray. I encourage you to visit that website, icommittotopray.com. This is a uh, glimpse of what the website looks like. So this is how you'll know you got to the right page. This is what the landing page of the website looks like, where you sign up to pray. And then here you can see stories of persecuted Christians that you can post on the wall you can post prayers for them. And this is all done by voice of the martyrs. So I'll leave you with this closing verse. Hebrews gives us a few reminders about those in prison and about living and speaking boldly for Christ. Hebrews 13.3 says this, Remember those imprisoned as though you were in prison with them and the mistreated as though you yourselves were suffering bodily. This is what God tells us to do as Christians. We are to remember those in prison as if we were in prison, and we are to remember those who are being mistreated as if though we ourselves were being mistreated bodily ourselves. And then in verse 5, Be satisfied with what you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. Therefore, we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is my helper. He is with me. He will not leave me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? That is what we must hold on to. That's what we must pray for our brothers and sisters who are being persecuted all around the world, that they would grab and latch on to and hold on to the idea that they have God with them and that they will not be afraid of man. They will not be afraid, or at least they, I mean, you can't say you won't be afraid, 
but they will not abandon God even if they are going to be lined up and have their heads cut off for proclaiming Jesus Christ. And we will, we will pray for those who are doing the persecutions. Let's, let's pray together. Father, we love you and Father, we thank you. Father, we, we pray for our brothers and sisters around the world who are being persecuted. Father, I read their stories and I, I can't fathom going through what many of them have gone through. For militant Islamic extremists to come in and just to, to shoot everybody in the village, to kill everybody in these Christian areas, to come home to their wife who was holding their child who the bullet was shot through the child into the wife, killed the wife instantly, laying on the ground, and the two kids laying and holding on to her until the dad who's out of town comes back home. Now, I'm not making this up. This is, this is what I've been reading. This is a brother in Christ who, who recently had this happen to him, his family. He said that a friend of his in that same massacre of that town, his friend lost 13 family members in one day. Father, we pray for your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we do pray to see your kingdom move, your gospel spread, for people to give their lives to you that they would surrender themselves, repent of sin, give their life wholly to you. And we know that to see the kingdom spread, it has to spread into the areas where there is such hostility towards the kingdom. And we have brothers and sisters who are on the front lines. And we pray for their boldness to share the gospel. And Father, I pray that we will support them in any way we can that we will go online and we will write prayers to them, that we will send money to them, that we will support them in standing strong and in sharing the love of Christ with those who are killing those who do so. Father, we pray for them every day. And Father, I pray that it becomes a culture here at Yatesville Baptist Church until you come back, that we will continually and always pray for our brothers and sisters who are facing real persecution because of your name. We love you, Father. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for the freedom that you have given us in this country. We thank you for the protection and the blessing that you have poured out on this country and the cost that so many in our country have had to pay in order for us to have it. And Father, we pray that that continues. But Father, we love you and we don't want to take for granted our safety. We want to pray for our, loss, for, our, for our saved brothers and sisters as they experience loss in their lives, as if we ourselves were experiencing it. We love you, Father, and we thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' holy and precious and eternal name we pray. Amen. If you would, please stand and join us for our last song. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you would, you would continue to hold close 
all of us, especially those who have experienced such great loss and are going to experience such great loss, such pain, such torture, such, such persecution, and even their lives. But Father, you have promised that you will give us life and that if we would believe, even though we will die, we will live. That we would live with you forever. And nothing in this world is worth more than you. Father, we pray for their safety, of course. We pray for the conversions of those who want to, to hurt them and, and kill them. But Father, we pray more than anything for boldness and endurance. That they would not give up. They would not turn back. They would not fall short. And that we'd, they would finish well. We love you, Father. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Amen.